Uh, well, Corey Bardash is a uh, is a name very familiar to me for a long, long time. He's one of those people who uh, neither he nor I want to reveal how long we know each other. Uh, he contacted me a couple of weeks ago and uh, informed me that he and his wife, Yifat, are in the uh, midst of um, leading a very important effort in Israel. Uh, they live in Israel, and uh, Corey, in addition to what we're about to discuss, his role uh, with his wife in this very important work, uh, of all the things that I want to mention about him, I will say he's uh, a captain in the IDF spokesman's office in the Reserve Corps. You have quite a resume, but that's the one that jumped out at me. Corey Bardash and Yifat, welcome to JM in the AM. Good morning. Good morning. Nice to see you. So you estimate that you have been listening to Jewish programming on this radio station for quite a while. Absolutely. <laughs> Long, yeah. We're not going to put a number to it, huh? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You made Aliyah how many years ago? Uh, 19. Yeah, 19 years. This month, it's uh, 19 years ago. So, I mean, let's just assume you were not 18 years old when you made Aliyah, right? <laughs> Can someone become a member of the IDF spokesperson's office and, and continue to progress in that area of Israeli life as, you know, somebody who made Aliyah when you did? Well, it's actually a very good question. Uh, it's a whole different uh, conversation. Oh, What's yeah. interesting is that um, when I made Aliyah at 30, uh, the army actually didn't want me. Because uh, there's a cutoff at 28. So they made it clear you're not joining. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> uh, but um, I actually had to use all my connections to get into the Army, to uh, volunteer for the Army, because I was already uh, too old. They right. didn't need somebody, uh, you know, I was, and what am I yeah. going to fight? They'd, they'd rather the 20-year-olds than correct, the 30-year-olds. Right. But, um, but I remember... Actually, there was uh, there was an article in the newspaper, and there was talking, and uh, the Doveret, the spokeswoman at the right. time, was uh, in a in a, it was an article speaking about all the work that they do. And I said, hey, listen, I'm not going to necessarily fight, but I know I could contribute to the country and uh, to its defense by speaking English. Right. And um, and I used all my connections to actually get into the army, and uh, and uh, and and one thing led to another, and I, I got into the army. Because you not only have to go, the army said, okay, we'll let you in, but you have to have a unit that sponsors you. Right. So the spokesman's unit uh, contacted the army. They said, yes, we could use him, and, and thank God. And this, uh, and this may be overstating the obvious, but you can accomplish more as a spokesperson officially with the IDF than I guess you could as a, I don't know, regular citizen running around and right. Listen, there's right. just something the optics of wearing right. a uniform with bars on your shoulders, talking to, uh, and, and the unit that I'm in is talking to uh, visiting politicians or international organizations that come to Israel right. and articulating and advocating uh, and articulating properly what um, the army's role is in whatever it is. And, and, and if you remember the, um, let's say, the security fence, for instance. Right. Um, that Israel took a beating in international press as to how bad it was, and and again the optics of the mm-hmm. Berlin Wall right. and, and everything like that. But Apartheid, to, to be, all that, exactly. Right. But to be able to explain how it actually saves lives, it's uh, on both sides of of the thing, and and basically the wall could always be, and the, it's not even a wall; it's a fence. Ninety six percent of it is actually a fence that can be moved, can be adjusted, and right. a life can't be re- returned. So uh, interesting. Uh, and and this past summer, more work for you, less work. Now that you're older, it's less work in general. No, no, it's 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 more. And there's it's actually a very um, motivated group of individuals that are in the spokesman's office that we actually call them all the time, saying, "When do you need us?" And it's not right. like we have to go to the army for two weeks at a time. It's oh, we have a meeting. Could you go mm-hmm. to uh, and represent know, us? Six, so I always I joke around that the hardest 
you know, or the most dangerous thing for me is my cholesterol level because uh, I have to go to a lot of functions and dinners and <laughs> <laughs> rather than being a... You got the tough part in, of yeah, army exactly. life, huh? Very interesting. So, kolakavod to you. Oh. And the, you and that entire unit should continue mm. to have success. Thank you. I'm sure you've had a lot of pushback in different encounters. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As you meet people yeah, from around uh, the world. Very hostile audiences at times. I can only imagine. All right, so uh, you and your wife, Yifat, uh, tell us tell us about uh, this project that, you, that fell into your laps, uh, so to speak, right? Uh, well, what actually happened is, uh, uh, and my wife could go into it as well, is the last five years we've had foster children in our lives, particularly uh, teenagers. This is uh, in Israel in what city? We live in Efrat, but we're actually when we started having these foster kids in our own lives, our own pri- uh, right. private kids besides our own five biological children, um, uh, we were living in Yushalayim at the time. Uh, we have subsequently, last three years, we moved to Efrat. And... Uh, and uh, and what, what what we experience is that when children in Israel, the, the the problem exists in America as well. When children who are part of the social welfare system, which includes foster care, these youth villages, the, some wonderful youth villages, homelessness, or where uh, social services involved in a child's life within their home, or some kids that are not even part of the system, right. when they age out, when they're 18 and one day, everything dries up. There's nothing for them. The support system that the government provides is gone. Right. There's no funding. And therefore, society expects these children... At the age of 18. ...to live as an independent adult. Right. And I don't know about you. I could talk about myself. (laughs) When I was 18, (laughs) and and we had, you know, supportive parents, loving, nurturing parents, communities, uh, shuls, schools, that everything is geared to help... A kid till they're ready to be. Till they're ready right. to be. And you know, uh, our children look forward when they're 18. They're looking at the future with anticipation, excitement, you know, opportunity. Right. This population in Israel, and it's 4,000 kids every year that age out. Another 4,000 dumped on society that view turning 18 with dread and depression. Because what are they going to do? No one to turn to. Right. So you thought, what did you do to help solve this problem? So as Corey said, um, we started in our house. Uh, we had few kids that we took uh, to our home. Um, we raised them up. They, they came to us already 16, 17, very, very sad cases. Uh, and we saw that there is a hope. Even if you start in a older age, there is a hope for these kids. And if you uh, give them the life skills and the tools, they can actually... Uh, have this transition to healthy adult life. Meaning even if you meet them at 16 yeah, at or 17, 17 years old. Because yes. we would think they'd have to, you know... You start early. Right. It's much, it's much harder. Right. I must I admit, it's, we, we, we went through very, very, a lot of difficulties. But uh, then we understood we cannot do it for all the 4,000 uh, kids. Because we really... Efron's only so big, huh? We have 10,000 yeah. people there. Yeah, we, we had few in our home. And and also through this process and meeting their friends and their crowd, I realized that if we, if we can just uh, cut them at the age of 18, 20, it's crucial age. Right, if we those can, couple of years. If we can take them in these years and really 
give them uh, uh, the whole support they need. We will give them high school diploma. We'll give them life skills. We'll give them a work ethic. We can actually save them. We can, we can send them at the age of 20 to real life. They can be, live independently. And then how we will cut the... The circle of poverty. Right. So uh, we decided to take an action and to to do something for society and to change the the whole perspective of how you look at uh, kids in risk. All right, and we'll talk about the organization and everything in a moment. But just to backtrack for a second, because I'm sure there's some Jewish mothers who are listening and they're <laughs> very. I mean, I don't know if the system's the same as the U.S. You could tell us that, but but when you say five foster children, does that no. mean five official? Foster kids under your care? Like, is it similar to what we know here in the New York, New Jersey area? We didn't area? get paid for them by the government. Uh, it was, uh, we, what, the foster care system in America it, it has a lot of difficulties. When I say foster care, I actually expand the definition to any child that lives out of their home right. or their home is a dangerous situation. And I assume, right. and I assume uh, limited contact with their real parents, right? Or zero contact. Or zero contact. Or, zero contact. or, right. or it's, it's a very negative right. uh They'd be uh, on the street, quote-unquote. Right. right. And, and, and you have to understand that this population, they're, they're no longer children and they're not yet adults. Right. And all these let's say, the very good uh, youth villages that these children live in, um, they just get them up to 18 right. because, uh, and, and, and you're not teaching, they don't know how to open up a bank account at right. that point. They don't but, know how to but, work. But when I mean that Jewish mothers would be curious, yeah. you then took the responsibility uh, for those five absolutely, kids. Absolutely, absolutely. You, you, you had them in your home as if they were your five real kids, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, you ended up with 10 kids. Right? I ended up <laughs> with going to 10 parents' uh, teacher, uh, teacher conference right. a day. Right. So now you get my yes. question. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. It's a lot of work, and I also work in the consultant to large companies. Uh, it's, it's a lot, a lot of work, but I felt they are the... Like we we say uh, on Elul time, like Avivi mi azavuni. So this is this is these kids, Avivi mi azavuni. They don't have parents, and if we don't take them to us, they will be in the streets. They I will mean, be criminals. They will be abused. I they understand. Be, I understand all that, but there are people who hesitate and, and think for months if they should take in one kid. You're uh, you're at five, <laughs> and you probably. Thought for months about taking it to six. No, 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 no <laughs> two of you. Yeah, I, I would figure. So, uh, there was the, one case that one of the children that came to us. Uh, we got a call, and I remembered clearly that uh, uh, we didn't even meet the kid yet. And Yifat said, "I love him already." You know, like before. Yeah. Uh, but um, but some of these kids, because they went to school and because they live in different things, they weren't living with us twenty four seven. Understood. And but so, still, you're responsible. I for love. That. Yeah. 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 That you are their parents, so you're right yes. that they're in the dorm or they're yeah. in the, you know other people's homes for a while. But yeah. whatever the case is, you're responsible. Ab- absolutely, and I must say that uh, we have uh, five kids of our own. Right. They're, they're very young. They don't know the stories behind these kids. They're siblings. They, yeah, <laughs> they don't know the stories right. because we try to protect them. But because they're very loving kids, they were part of the whole deal, right. and this is uh, part of the cure, I would say, even. That must be very helpful to the foster kids that they have brothers yes, and sisters like that. Yeah, our kids like you know, play basketball. Oh, like I'm this. sure. You know, you find and they probably fight like siblings as well. <laughs> <laughs> you find it, Corey Barnash in our studio visiting from Efrat. All right, so let's get to the formal part of this because there's actually something that our listeners could do to help this situation, and that's uh, uh, that's Atara, right? Atara is the name of the organization. Yes. Um, 
empowering women as they age out of foster care. You've done this specifically for the ladies, for the girls of that age, right? We had to start somewhere. Right. <laughs> there are 4,000 of them every year, as Corey said, and we had to start somewhere. So we decided to start with the most vulnerable population. So uh, Teenage girls. G- girls. Obviously, right. Yeah. I mean, we talk about the most vulnerable. Those mm-hmm. are the ones that need the most care. Exactly. And they would turn 18 and right. they um, expected to live on their own. Right. They can't. They're just a busy survival all the time. So if we give them the shelter, if we give them the food, we can actually be able, they will be able to look above the, the, the moment and to, to get to something. They can, they can imagine a future for themselves. Exactly. Why are we under the impression that the Israeli government, because of the way it's set up and because, and the nature of its generosity, would be taking care of kids past 18. Like we as, you know, observers from thousands of miles away think like that of the Israel. It, it's not a wrong impression, right? No, no. Well, you should know in America there's a big push as well to expand foster care and social services from 18 to 21. For this very reason. For this, because uh, psychologists, social workers, and, and everybody who looks at the evidence and the data will show that for every extra year, because up until right. 18, a kid isn't learning life skills to live independently. They're just being sheltered and fed. So if you give and, them until 21. But you get, and, we're, and you combine that with learning how to transition properly into society. Right. Is, is, so it's, uh, it occurs in America. In Israel, we're still a young country, and they're, they're finding their way. And, 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 and one of our... Major goals is to help change the way Israeli society or the government looks at this population. So if you had it your way, the Israeli government would do just that, would fund for another three years at least. Well, we'll get into our project specifically. We clearly would like the Israeli government in a certain – to partner – to change the way they look, continue funding – to either the youth villages or to foster or and and programming specifically up until the age of 20 and 21. In right. Israel, something different than than America. In Israel, the great equalizer, everybody in 18 years old right. either does army. the army or national service. Right. This population, by and large, does not. So they've been marginalized their and whole life. And not required to. And not required to. Because their life because situation, situation is such right. that they're not. So, um, so they've been marginalized their whole lives. N- and in Israel, everybody's oh, what army you were? Right. Where'd you do Sherut Lumi? Right. You know, so, and and if and by using the platform uh, and as a tool, national service within our project. So th- this is what happens. This is what the project is all about, and it's, and it's fascinating. And it gives it's like a boot camp on a certain level where a kid will come in, and at the end of this two years, they will be prepared to live as independent adults. Right. Half the day is they're doing their national service. These girls. Which they would not have done otherwise, but we've partnered with uh, with a very uh, with a very good organization, the uh, the Volunteer Association, that's the largest Sherut um, Lumi uh, organization, and these kids are specifically placed in positions where they have a special, let's say, natia, um, inclination right. to want to work in a hospital or whatever it is, and they're doing that till let's say three o'clock in the afternoon. It's on the job training. It's their uh, uh, getting a lot of responsibilities, right. and Work they've never had the sport. And but and then the real crux of the program is the next part of the day. And let me just give you four statistics: this population, eighteen percent that age out, eighteen percent only have an, a high school diploma. Less than three percent go on to higher education. Within five years, forty percent will experience homelessness. The national average of abuse and uh, and uh, violence and, and or incarceration is three times the national average. 
even some of these kids that go and live in good youth villages up until 18. So if so, we're giving them what they have never done before: home economics, uh, learning how to cook, skills, uh, skills, how to, how to how to conflict resolution with sure. their bosses. Um, vocational training. They want to be a cosmetician. They want to be a photographer. They want to be a nurse. Whatever they want to be, we'll give them the, um, the, the the tools and the courses to get through it. We have a staff of a house mother, three social workers, madrichot, uh, um, uh, uh, um, teachers, and 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 what Yifat is built is 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 is, is a so there are a lot of Yifats out there who are helping out, who are uh, well, supervising uh, the kids. Uh, they, well, within the project, I'm saying, yeah, 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 absolutely. No, we have, and and it's and it's an extensive, and and what we've built the program is specifically looked at the the biggest obstacles that this population face. What all the studies will show is that this population lacks stability in their life. Of course. Financial stability, right. emotional stability, housing stability. And we're giving those tools that when they're 20, they can actually go to work, open a bank account, go shopping on a budget, prepare a Shabbat meal for their family, and, uh, and, uh, and hopefully know how to recognize an, an unhealthy relationship and what is a healthy relationship. Yifat? Yeah, I would like to tell you about a, stor- sure. a story that combine our own uh, foster kids <laughs> and, and this project. Uh, a girl arrived to us. She was 17. Um, she came. Her father uh, passed away when she was very young. She was four uh, years old. Her mom is totally dysfunction. Uh, she was in the street for two years. She was looking for a bed, going from one friend to the other, sometimes sleep in the street. And with that, she tried to struggle to, to go to school and to, to gain something from school. But, of course, her head was not there, so she never finished her high school diploma. She arrived to us when she was 17. She was totally broken. And uh, so, we, first of all, we gave her the warmth, the love, the food on the table, the, the warm bed. And slowly, slowly, she could be able to concentrate more on the studies and think about her future. We guided her to do Shirut Lumi in the project. And now she is, she worked, she went to a very special program in Shirut Lumi. She is a doctor assistant. And she, she even takes blood for patients. So now she wants to be a doctor when she grow up. And she will do it. She will do it. Because now she has a, a high school diploma. Uh, when she will finish Shirut Lumi, she will be able to go to college. And she will be a doctor. Unbelievable. The website is atara.org. A-T-A-R-A.org. People will read all about this. The first three words that appear on the website are independence, dignity, and success. And that basically... Sums it up, right? Correct. That's Absolutely. what we're, we're looking for them to be independent. We're looking Absolutely. for them to have dignified lives, and obviously, we want them to be as successful as possible. Um, all right. So, what do people? Uh, what do people do? They go to the website, they donate, and uh, what are some of the programs, projects, things that you're raising money for now that people can participate in? Oh, um, some of the things that uh, that people, if if they would like to help, is uh, either from sponsoring uh, one of the participants right. or. Um, or one of the projects. One, but uh, one of the things that we're actually, you know, we're talking to people about as well is a Shabbat program, because right now the house works uh, twenty 
four, six. And on Shabbat, because uh, for whatever budget constraints that we, we 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 don't have it all the time because uh, uh, the the expenses involved, but um, but we and we also realized only after the program started that some of these girls have no home to go to on the weekend. Right. And so um, they have a place six days. They have no place for Shabbat. And so for the for since the project started, we actually are hopping around getting our <laughs> friends to, to house these girls on a on a on a Shabbat by Shabbat basis. But Shabbat is not just Shabbat. Oh, let's have a, a find a place for them. Shabbat is actually part of the program because if somebody's going to live independently, and a lot of the, and these girls, all of them, come from a traditional Orthodox background, uh, and uh, and so that's what they know. That's their background, and that's what they their emotional feeling is. And in order to for them to be able to make a Shabbat, set the table, cook all the the, the foods for their future family. Um, that is such an empowering tool, and it's sure. not just oh, let's make Shabbat. It's right. it's it, it's it's part of the yeah, whole part of the whole thing. Uh, part of the whole thing. So um, so each Shabbat actually costs us five hundred dollars uh for a Shabbat over you know the the fifty two weeks of the year, and uh, and that would help provide Shabbat. Twenty for how girls many will for have 20, 20, girls. twenty girls will have a Shabbat with madricha with the food, but they prepare the food. Right. They they do yeah. everything. They're uh, involved they're, they're in preparation, and that is. Part of the program as well. All right, Atara. If we could do one thing today, it would be to convince people in this audience to participate and to help with the Shabbat program. Atara, as you heard, is uh, uh, doing an amazing job—a um, a, a, a way to get these young ladies onto a road of independence, onto a road to success. And one of the things they need is their Shabbat program sponsored. And you heard why from uh, Yifat and Corey Bardash. If you go to the website. Atara.org, A-T-A-R-A.org. There is a donate button right Correct. there, and I assume if people click on that, they can donate specifically $500 per Shabbat. Right, right, right. right. Hopefully it will work. <laughs> <laughs> it better work. Simple as that. If you go to the website, you can see a lot of the different things that we spoke about today, uh, why this need has been created in Israel or why it eventually, unfortunately, happened in Israel, why this need is out there for those who are over the age of 18. The vision of the Atara organization, the story, the program, it's all up there on the website. Uh, you can check it out by going to atara.org, A-T-A-R-A dot org. And again, they are looking for a donation, and it is working, by the way. Okay. Uh, they, they are, they are, they are working, they are looking rather for a donation of $500 per Shabbat in order to make their Shabbat program a success. If you go to atara.org, A-T-A-R-A dot org, you can do that and participate in that way. Anything else to add? Uh, it's, uh, you know, one thing Yifat always says is like, we have our own five biological children, and these girls in the project, uh, in our, in the program, they're, it's, they're Hakadosh Baruch's children, it's, and we're happy to do the heavy lifting. You know, we get nothing out of this. It's, uh, we always say it's two for the price of none. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> but it's, uh, but it's, it's something that, they're, they're, sometimes in America, this population, they're not part of the Jewish community, so it's sort of the other. In Israel, these are our Jewish children, and in order for them to live stable, independent lives, to break that poly- uh, that, that that cycle, it's not only for these girls; it's for their children. Of course, and and and, and it's an effective way of proven. We have like the top uh, social workers with us in Israel, and 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 and, and I, I'll add with the, sure. end with this last thing: three different mayors in Israel 
in the last couple of weeks contacted us to open a, a Tara home in their community because they have their own youth. They look at it as financially cost-effective because if the $1 that you give to an organization like a Tara, in five years they're not going to come to you for being a battered wife or being a, a single mom a stable or, or food stamps. Yeah. So that's why the cities are coming to us and wanting us to uh, open up a, a home in their community. Boy, oh boy, the demands on you already. Now, I'm sitting here in amazement today, and, and it was like this the moment you called me about this project. Uh, because, you know, don't take this the wrong way. Two regular people in Efrat have gone ahead and established something to make a real difference. And now it's gotten to the scale where, you know, you need tens of thousands of dollars, if not more, to just support what's going on. So... Call a kavod. What can I tell you? I'm yeah. telling you. I'm sure. Like I said to you, there are people who think for months and years whether they can handle one foster child. <laughs> you not only are taking care of the the five you mentioned, but everybody else is under your umbrella as well. So call a kavod. Yeah, this is uh, my vacation that I take my wife on uh, <laughs> to America and uh, go fund. You're literally her. here to ask people to help. That's why right. you're here in the United oh, yeah. States. Absolutely. We left five little kids at home. With a babysitter. But no. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to accuse you of neglecting anybody. Uh, I am encouraging our listeners to check out the website, Atara, the Atara home under the leadership of Yifat. And Corey Bardash is a well-worth uh, uh, effort to support. Go to the website, atara.org. And as you heard... A Shabbat program, and it's so important, if you missed any of this conversation, go to the archives later and listen to the whole thing. A Shabbat program is uh, so vital to their success, and uh, at $500 per Shabbat, they can take care of those 20 young ladies. At $500 per Shabbat, if, if everybody out there takes one Shabbat a year, obviously, it would be, be tremendous progress. I thank you very much for being here today. Thank you thank very you. much. Kolakavod, best regards to the entire Bardash clan. Thank you very much. From all of us, and it's a pleasure to reunite uh, for the purpose of this amazing mitzvah. Uh, go to the web, everybody, atara.org, A-T-A-R-A.org. Donate as generously as you can. Obviously, any amount is welcome, uh, but anybody who could sponsor a Shabbat at $500, uh, a Shabbat, obviously, uh, it, it would be uh, tremendously helpful. Um, to the organization, atara.org. My thanks to both Yifat and Corey Bardash, broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. This is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, and around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. <laughs>